Hey, what it do, what the business is. It is another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lou. Man, holla at your boy Animal Brown, Animal underscore Brown, if you're looking for me on Instagram and Twitter. I am Spike Lou in them same social streets that you're checking on. How you holding up post-election, fella? <laughs> hey, I'm good, man. I have money on Biden. I'm straight. You have money on Biden. It's a big payday. Listen, I don't like it's to talk on. about stuff like that. No, I don't get no specifics, man. It's a little like place, a little play money. It's in. It's a little something. Was it? Was it gas money? House money? Shout out to the FSP guys. Uh, little house money. Little house money. Little house money. Oh, so you was betting big. <laughs> <laughs> so you knew something we didn't. Absolutely. But a loss. Um, Georgia played a big part in that where we are. Uh, so shout out to everybody in the A for you coming through and doing your thing and uh. Voting, man, this is the biggest vote turnout period ever in the history of life. Did you know that? I can see it makes sense though. I figured it was going to be something like that. That's how polarizing four five was. He was going to make people move in one direction or another, and people got out and voted. Facts. Like, it was so many votes this time around that Joe Biden received the most votes ever for a presidential nominee. Donald Trump. Received the second most votes ever for a presidential nominee. <laughs> so, motherfuckers came out and represented. Democracy is alive and well in America. So, everybody who could vote did vote. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, glad that's over with and the work to be done. Absolutely, man. Now, let's go. Uh, speaking of work to be done, let's get to this episode. We are in Thanksgiving, the month of Thanksgiving. So, again, we are following up our last episode, which we were thankful for, which were guests. Shout out to Jonathan Hilleman for coming through and stopping by and screaming at us. This week, we are thankful for artists. All right, we're going to break down some of our favorite artists, past, present, maybe even future, that we are thankful for in the rap game, as well as we're going to touch on Lloyd Banks claiming he's the best rapper alive, apparently, as well as YG's new single or old single getting a crazy boost off of this election. But first things first, we're going to get to some things that we are not thankful for. Uh, unfortunately, Chicago rapper King Vaughn uh, was shot and killed outside of a nightclub here in Atlanta. The rapper had recently just dropped uh, a project about two weeks ago, and he was signed to Little Dirk's record label. He was 26 years old, and our arrest and a charge has been made. Many in the hip hop community uh, reacted, including T.I. with an Instagram post urging people to keep their beefs out of Atlanta and keep them in your own hometown. People are split on that message. How did you feel about it? That's a great question, man. And first and foremost, condolences to King Vaughn, his family, his friends. Uh, the other two guys that lost their lives, I'm not privy of their names. First and foremost, I want to address that. Secondly, with T.I., I get it. As ambassador of the trap, king of the South, um, what, what he is speaking from a standpoint of the ambassador of Atlanta to T.I. make money down here, right? Like Jeezy makes money down here. Like these artists that are from Atlanta have worked very hard to establish a place where they can make money, where they can get bread and eat um, throughout the pandemic, just the different opportunities that exist in Atlanta for artists to make money. So when he comes out and he says, yeah, may I leave that beef shit in your own city. Don't bring it down here. I don't think he's being cold to King Von losing his life. 
I don't think that he's uh, ignoring the fact that he could do something as a leader in the black community. Cause I think that he's addressed those things before when we lost Nipsey, other people that we lost. He had Doby, young guy that was with him, lost his life earlier with Grand Hustle. So I don't think that T.I. Uh, is ignoring the fact of the lost lives there, but he's speaking from a, a larger perspective. Someone who's traveled the world two, three times over and done this and is an elder statement now in hip hop. I can't keep you niggas from shooting each other. I can't, I can't do that. But the very least I can do is say, hey man, keep that shit from around here. Like that's a rule, not even in the trap, but excuse me, not even just in records, but just in the trap or the streets. Like if I'm getting money over here, my nigga don't come over here running the block out, bro. Like don't come over here with all that loud hoopla, shoot niggas and shit. If I'm getting money over here. And I think that's the place that T.I. was speaking from. And I respect that. Yeah, no, I, I think I understood what he was trying to say as well. It does come off cold because I haven't seen uh, anything of him acknowledging the situation other than this. Not to say it hasn't happened. I'm just saying this is the message that came across my radar in regards to King Von's death. It was, hey, man, do that over there. And that, that's going to turn some people the wrong way. Like he has to understand that because it comes off as if you're ignoring the fact that someone lost their life and you're saying, I don't care if you lose your life, just don't do it in my backyard, do it in your own home. You can, you lose your life there all day long. If you want to just don't do it here. And that kind that message, I don't know if that's the message that he wants to put out there. I guarantee you he'll do some type of interview, whether it's on fat Joe or whether it's on Jeezy's podcast and he'll address that. And he'll probably say, I could have reworded that or he'll address the more serious issue of gun violence violence, especially in the black community, especially in the hip hop community. I think he'll clean that up a little bit, uh, but it does come off cold hearted. I understand. I can read in between the lines and get what he's saying. I'm agreeing with you hundred percent, but I think the message could have been done a little bit better or at least put something out before that. Don't let that be the one and only thing that I see of your statement as an elder statesman in hip hop, somebody whose voice is pretty loud. It carries a lot of weight. Don't let that that be the only thing that I see come across my timeline from you. That's a little strange, but I get what he's saying. And just for the record, too, allegedly the beef is between another artist who is also not from Atlanta. They're from Georgia, just not from Atlanta. And of course, King Von is from Chicago. So uh, I get it. Don't run the block hot, but at least uh, pay some type of respects to the people that lost their life because he wasn't the only one, as you mentioned earlier. That's valid. Um to a certain extent, I would say though, because one thing that I've complained about TI, the numerous topics that we've had is like, you do too much. Like you do too much talking, like every fucking thing that pops up, TI say something. So with this coming across the timeline, I do feel like that he's justified because he set the precedent of, I'm gonna talk about this shit that comes across. Now, what I think from being a fan of T.I. since how long I've been a fan of him, listening to his podcast and how he kind of relays his messaging and how he goes about life. He was telling the story about his son, how he liked them to learn from their mistakes. And I bring that up because of something that you said about him not being um, kind of, well, him being cold. Yeah. Nipsey died, you had a completely different tone from someone like T.I. And the reason being, we felt like we lost Nipsey because Nipsey's 
put out something different. The spirit of what Nipsey wasn't, even though he was gang banging and rolling 60s Crips, it wasn't like, I'm for the market nigga when I roll up. It wasn't, just, just wasn't the aura that Nipsey gave off. Right. I think the T.I. is operating from the fact of not knowing Vaughn that well, as well as he known someone like Nipsey and seeing what Vaughn represents. Like King Vaughn is about that action. He about that life. Like T.I. wasn't gonna save him when nobody gonna save him but himself. Like as they said, shit, I done heard he's a stepper is what the kids say now. Like he was one of those niggas. Yeah. So I think T.I. coming from the fact of my nigga, like you, you out there. I, 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 I've come from a life where I've seen niggas be out there and make them decisions and I can preach to them all I want to, but I'm not gonna change their mind. What's gonna happen to these niggas gonna happen to these niggas. Just don't let it happen over here. That's fair. It's callous, it's callous, it's cold, but he, King Von, and I hope this doesn't sound callous like T.I., like he wasn't a nigga to save. Like he was out there. And and yeah. I'm not saying that from no disrespectful way at all though. Yeah, no, no, no. They listen. We we know we've seen artists coming from Chicago, and we we have an understanding, or at least, you know, from from far away, we get the circumstances are serious where they coming from. And King Von had just got through doing about five, maybe six years. So yeah, like yes, he like he was he was in that lifestyle, much like a lot of those other cats are. And they come up a certain way. And they come up, they come up where people die over rat beef and, and they joke about it in songs. And King Vaughn was no different. He named yeah. drop, he's got a whole record about cats that done got killed in Chicago. Was, and yeah. like it's so it, but it's, it's all upstairs though. It's all in the mindset. I seen uh, one of the younger artists, 600 Breezy, he had kind of responded, so to speak, to T.I.'s what T.I. was saying. And he was like, bro, you gotta understand, like everybody talking about why not, why we not just fist fighting and, and why we can't leave it at that. Like, bro, like that ain't how shit happened, bro. Like I got shot because I beat up a nigga one time. Bro, I, I got shot at because I got into a fight with somebody. So we know at some point the gun's gonna come out. So that's that's the mindset that we living with. And it's, it's he not even bragging on He was just like, man, like this is, is what it is. Like, and it's crazy. And that's place for your point of T.I. Like, man, I can't save all the Chirac or Chicago or wherever. But, man, listen, y'all want to do the dumb shit? Then keep the dumb shit over there away from civilians and away from people that's just trying to go to the club, have a good time. Like, keep that shit away and keep it out of my city because we in, this Wakanda. And it's Wakanda for a reason. And when we not finna have it, you know, it's not finna turn into Chirac or whatever you want to call it. So I get the vibe, but it's... It's a whole nother beast. Of, uh, it's a whole nother beast. The mindset it, is, is- It's crazy. a whole nother beast with their generation and that mindset. Like you say, um, I was listening to Vaughn's manager talk to act quick interview, in my opinion, the turnaround on that. But oh, one yeah. of the things that he did say to your comment, he said that shit happened in two seconds. He that's said it shit, went- That's how shit happens from, in real life though. Absolutely. He said it <laughs> went from Vaughn being in the back sleep in the back seat, like half nodding off, not wanting to go in the club to somebody walking to the car saying, hey, such and such is over there to him jumping up, running, hopping out the back seat. Two seconds later, this niggas got straps on him. Yep. Like, and that's how it, like you say, it happened so fast that you can't really dictate if it's gonna be a fist fight or some pistol play. Yeah, and and, and real quick though, uh, the surveillance video, it was, it, first of all, that was some of the clearest surveillance video I've ever seen, number one, like those cameras, were 4K quality. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't hard for the police to find the dude who shot him because he got shot too. 
and he was in the hospital getting treated. So, and as you can see, there was a fist fight at first, and that's exactly what happened. Somebody pulled the strap out. It went from a fist fight to somebody pulling the strap out because somebody was getting, Vaughn looked like he was getting the better of whoever that was he was fighting. And I guess somebody that he was with wanted to even it up. I mean, yeah, I don't know, but that's, 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 what, that's what it looked like. Said, but it's yeah. sad, though. The manager got said like what you said. It looked like he was getting the better of him, and the nigga hopped out a white car and just dumped yeah. him. So, and that was it. And uh, Our, five, six people got shot though. I was like, damn. Yeah, three dead. I think. Yeah, yeah that's wild. Our condolences to those people in that situation, man. Uh, Absolutely. Thoughts out and prayers. Uh, moving on to a lighter subject, Buster Ryan is commenting he's doing his rounds he just had a phenomenal album that dropped allegedly i haven't listened wow whoa i'm about to say the phenomenal you know, i had to throw the allegedly on it that was okay. for lock um with that being said Bustin rhymes said the rappers that have ghost writers mm-hmm. he said that's like using steroids is that a fair or a foul statement man listen this couldn't be more fouler uh, I, I bet it sounded good in his head when he thought about it. And it probably sounded even better as he was saying this. He was on a Drink Champs podcast, shout out to Nori. Uh, but this is apples and oranges. Reason being, whether you play any sport, basketball, baseball, football, he even referenced Lance Armstrong. So if you even cycling, steroids is looked at, it's frowned upon. It's looked at as a negative. It's a negative connotation. It's against the rules in all of those sports music is completely different the only genre of music in which writing has a negative connotation is hip-hop nobody questions michael jackson if he wrote any of the shit that he wrote nobody cares about pop artists r&b rock and roll country nobody gets points taken away if they have writers in any genre of music except hip-hop so that being the one exception to a general rule in all other genres, I can't say that that's the same as steroids, which is the general rule for all sports. There are no exceptions. So nice try, Buster Rhymes, but I'm not here for it. I get it. Now, now look, if if it's your personal opinion that you don't want to put anybody in your top five that's got Ghost Riders, that's cool. You should have just left it at that and left it at your opinion, though, because the other shit was a stretch. Hey, you you are a Drake and Kanye West apologist. Sounds like to me. You just trying to curb the. You just trying to ride the fence because I'm a fan just like you are, out. sir. We're yeah. all fans of both of them. This is facts. I'm joking, by the way. But <laughs> what I will say, I agree with you. I thought you'd take another route on that, but I, I do agree with you, and I think that we kind of are getting soft because there was a time for our generation when this was totally frowned upon. Like you, you, you gotta admit that there was a point in time when, like, if, if we heard that a nigga that was like at the top of the game had a ghostwriter, that shit was fucking outrageous. Even if they had him or not, we don't know. It was just frowned upon when we came up. But why I say we're getting soft is because I'm like you. I don't care. I don't think it's a steroid. I want to hear good music. And if Drake or Kanye West has 35 people in the room writing and I get uh, successful or I get God's plan, then I want another God's plan. Then have 30 people in there the next time. This is going to the point that I made about Buster Rhymes when I said that he and T.I. were not of the same generation. Mm. This isn't a steroid to someone like Buster Rhymes. It may have been in his generation, but for the new generation, it's like a coach or a good trainer. 
as a rapper, if you're doing your job, there's no way that you're able to keep up with the things you need to keep up with as a rapper. Like the slang, the lingo, what's going on in the streets, the stuff that you're rapping about. So you're gonna have to have someone around you like a Saha the Prince, like a Gilly the Kid that knows what's going on in the streets that can give you, hey, nah, nah, say it this way, bro, because this is how the kid's saying it now. And this is what's gonna make you hot for the next five years instead of the next summer. So with someone like Buster Rhymes who comes and says this shit is like a steroid, I think it's just a generational thing. And I and disagree then, with it. And then where does that end? If you if you have your hooks written for, where mm-hmm. does that, does that, is that cool? Because right. the hook is the most important part of your hit, generally speaking. Right. So like, are we, that don't count though? We only talking about the bars? Like I, I need some clarity in, in what that is. And it's a little bit of an older way of thinking. Speaking of Saha, he put this best because they asked him about writing for, for Kanye. And he said, look, dude, when you get to a certain point uh, or stature in your career, you're going against the Adele's, you're going against the Beyonce's, you're going against the Ed Shearing's, and there's 20 of them in the studio. So you telling me you and your little producer partner that you went to high school with is going to go up against- and your book of rhymes. Uh, yeah, you and your composition notebook of yeah. rhymes are going to go up against Adele and her room of 20 of the best writers on earth. And you Damn. think that you're going to get anywhere in this game? Because that's what that's the lane that you're in when you get to a certain point. So I, I, I get Busta Rhymes being a purist and he wants to stay there. I, that's cool. I swear to God, I understand it. But the, the, the comparing it to steroids is a little bit off, and it was a nice try, but it was a big boy reach. And I get what Saha is saying when you when you start breaking through certain ceilings, bro. You're not even you're not being compared to the Gilly the Kids and all those. You, you, we passed that. Now we need Gilly to to pin a couple of bars in some shit that we doing to make sure that it hit this top ten Billboard because there's too much money on the line. <laughs> I would be so disappointed if I were a fly on the wall in Drake or Kendrick studio session and it was just them and the producer and their notebook. It depends. Well, I mean, just at, at some point it can be that if they reviewing the whole album, if they working on oh, like, true. if they putting, putting the together. sauce together, yeah, if I'm putting, putting the, the sauce together. Putting body of work together. Yeah, like I want Two niggas TD. in the room not gonna cut it. I want TDE in there with Kendrick. I want like 40 and six, seven, eight more niggas from the Isle shit from OVO with Drake. I want them niggas in the room to ensure that that shit is hot, to ensure that this nigga ain't just like in his head doing some old superstar shit. Like, cause that can happen. Yeah. Jesus. But with oh, that being oh. said, uh, with that being said, I think that it's, uh, it, it's perfect the amount of people that it takes when you get the way that Saha mentioned it on an Adele or a Beyonce level, because I'm no longer only talking to my fans. I'm representing for the whole genre. So if I want to be on this light, on this, this, this plane, like Drake, for example, if I want to compete with a Taylor Swift or a Beyonce, then I gotta have 10, 15 niggas in here giving me some sauce. We're not going to be disrespectful and keep throwing Drake name out here and double digit niggas in the room. Let's be clear about that. At least 10 to 15 niggas. At least 10 to 15. Did you see what he said about his new album? So the Mm -hmm. certified lover boy, he said, if it, he said the people that hate it on views is going to hate on this because it's in that same lane. I like views now though. I've I've learned to appreciate views a lot more. So if if that's what I can expect and I'm, I'm excited for that. I ain't gonna excited but before that. Don't even worry about it. Sir. No, when checking that certified lover boy out, you're gonna be copping the merch though, which is disgusting. 
Nah, we're gonna call that CLB though from here on out. Certified Lover Boy merch. That's gonna oh be nasty. <laughs> oh, yeah, next. Hey, listen, next up, for the first time since we've probably started this podcast, we have a Lloyd Banks topic, guys. It's exciting. This is the first. We're seven years deep, <laughs> and Lloyd Banks has finally cracked the, the quick hits. Um, a Twitter user, clearly bored out of his mind, tweeted that Lloyd Banks was better than 90% of artists today said he can out rap 90% of the game. Banks also bored retweeted that and said, correction, 99%. Now my question, does believing you can out rap everybody still matter in 2020? Absolutely not. Uh, the shit, the, I, if we keep it at a thousand, it really didn't matter when Banks was good in 04. <laughs> 50 used to try to tell this nigga you had to be a star and get on Twitter. Like, we know the story. We've debated it before in the quick hits here about Lloyd Banks and what he could have been. And you can be the best rapper you want to be to the day you die, my nigga. If you don't want to be a star, like, if you ain't trying to be 50 Cent, my nigga, then it don't matter how well you can rap. You're just going to be over there in the corner rapping. Like, look at your boy Los. You was just in the group chat telling me this nigga was on Instagram talking about conspiracy theories and shit. Yeah. This nigga can wrap his ass off. Look where he's at, bro. And that's what I'm saying. Like, nobody gives a fuck that Lloyd Banks can rap. Nigga, congratulations. Most of these niggas can rap. It's about, in all seriousness, though, the point that 50 Cent pointed out. And I disagree with 50 when I said, when he said that Lloyd Banks could have been the next star and he said he paved the way for him and I posed the question that 50 ever asked the question, is that what Lloyd Banks wanted? Because it didn't mm. seem like that he wanted to be a rap superstar. He just wanted to be the best rapper. And that's where you have, I'm better than 99% of niggas. Gives yeah, listen, does it matter if you can out rap people? It, it matters if you're relevant. Uh, you've got to be rap. relevant. Lloyd Banks at this point in his career is not, obviously. So, it, so those claims don't hit the same. Um, can he outwrap 99% of the game? Of course not. Um, was he nice at one point? Absolutely, for sure. 04 through 07? Nah, Banks was nice. Nobody cares in 2020. And this is exactly why he's irrelevant now, because he thinks that uh, he's still on the corner in Queens, New York, in front of the bodega, trying to have the nicest 16s on the block. And um, instead of building a sustainable brand for himself, to where he could have a fan base in 2020 to care about these bars that he's so nice at. That's the problem. 50 tried to tell him, just like you said, bro, focus on your brand. Nigga, put a camera on you for 24 hours, bro. Chop up a documentary, chop up a vlog, have people buy into you and not just being the nicest rapper. We just talked to Cub, shout out Cook Up Boss the other day. He said the nicest rappers, the dopest rappers be broke. You know why? Because they only give a shit about bars and lyrical, spiritual miracle shit. We're all here for talent and bars and stuff, but you got to have the total package, dude. Like all, all of us, we are, all the niggas we like can rap, dude, for the most part. And there's a couple of people I come to for the swag. There's a couple of people I go to for the vibe. That's cool. But most, most niggas I fuck with can spit, like period. But they have full bodies of work and full brands to go along with that so there's an audience to give a damn. Lloyd Banks doesn't have that. I haven't listened to a Lloyd Banks project since his mixtape. I think it was V5 or V6, some shit that you probably ain't even heard of, dude. And that was at least 10 years ago when it came out. 
So nothing he's saying right now matters. Shout out to Lloyd Banks. The Hunger for More was banging. He could rap at one point in time, but st- he's stuck in his own head, but you got to get out your own way, bro. Was there a V1 through five, or was that like the car V6? If so, why think, wasn't it V12? No, nah, I think there was a volume. There was volumes. It was one, no, two, three, four, five. Not I think V1. that was just the nicest one. I don't believe that. Just <laughs> Lloyd Banks don't got a mixtape series of six discs. That, that came out post Hunger for More too. He don't got that. Listen, Lloyd Banks could be in a nice, comfortable Jim Jones-like space right now if he would have taken that route. But he could drop a project where he's on got one sixteen and got a bunch of features and shit, and it might be listenable. You, everybody got beats now, so that ain't a problem. But he didn't want to go that route. He wants to outwrap the world. Uh, clearly, he wants to outwrap 99% of the people winning right now. And I guarantee you, none of them give a shit. None of them will give this claim any attention. <laughs> and it's going to fall on deaf ears. And that's quite sad, actually, when you think about it. Better career, Jim Jones or Lloyd Banks? Jim Jones. Really? Easy, easy call. Lloyd Banks was in G on it. But, but Jim Jones is still that's relevant That's the biggest today. rap group. Relatively you're using, speaking, you're using the word relative very loosely. <laughs> he's still, man, he's still relevant man. vaguely. He was just he was just on sneaker shopping on complex, man. They're not calling Lloyd Banks. <laughs> <laughs> you calling Lloyd Banks for shoes? Go talk about sneakers, bro. When last time you seen him on Breakfast Club? When mm. Lloyd Jim Jones had a top five album last year, arguably. All Rock Nation. But this but That's this just came later in his career, too, though. Rock like, Nation not calling Lloyd Banks, though. No, nah, they're not. If you, my, if you take Lloyd Banks, though, you got the, like, you were part of one of the, probably the second biggest hip-hop group ever. And Jim Jones was part of probably the top five hip-hop group ever. So it's right there. But he, right. the bottom line is if Jim Jones dropped tomorrow with Heat Makers, 15 tracks is probably going to be banging, and we'll talk about it on the show. You you no, didn't know Lloyd did. Banks at no. 10 minutes, he didn't know existed. Shit, you don't think Lloyd Banks? You don't think Lloyd Banks can drop the heat makers joint? Nah, nah, nah. Lloyd Banks so done with rap. He's super done. He, he might be the first retired rapper, like for real. He's, He's done. Super retired. I can't remember the last Lloyd Banks verse I heard. If I'm See? being honest with you. Shout out to Lloyd Banks, man. You saying that Jim Jones had a better career than Lloyd Banks goes to show you that rapping does not matter. <laughs> That's a fact. And I love Jim Jones, nigga. <laughs> what we got next? Oh, it's That's on you, man. So, uh, after Nas and Benny, and also that uh, Big Sean, Hit Boy, is teaming up with my girl from the side, Young Dreezy, Big Dreeze, and he's coming out with the next project through her. My question to you, do you think this is a smart move by picking a not-so-big celebrity, or... Do you think he did the right, excuse me, do you think he did the wrong thing and should have went with an A-lister? Man, first of all, I love the fact that Hip Boy has taken on the challenge of working with an artist exclusively doing full length projects. Um, He's having a hell of a 2020. And with that being said, I'm ecstatic that he's working with Dreezy. I mean, I cannot wait. This is all she needed. We talked about coaching with Drake or coaching with Kanye when you're in the room and it's more than just you and your notepad. This is perfect. This is a perfect example of somebody with the talent 
that just needed a better coach in the studio with them, whether that's an A-list or B-list or C-list or wherever you think that Dreezy falls into place, this is going to boost her up whether, uh, at least a notch or two just by having this project. I cannot wait to hear this. I'm a, I'm a fan of Dreezy. I think she's super talented. And I think she's put out she's put out dope projects before, but they never really quite and with Luther's curl, it just never really quite hit. I think she's dope. I can't wait for this. I'm glad he went this route because he could have went Hollywood and went another A-lister and and did it just for the bag. It may not even been all that good. He could have just done it for the look. But this is show he keeping his ear to the street and boosting up somebody that's got talent that just needs that extra push. I can't wait. I'm hyped. Brilliant play by Hit Boy. We probably should have dug a little deeper in the quick hit crates because we're agreeing on everything this week. But to your point, brilliant play, very low risk, very high reward. And here's why. Dreezy, like you said, she talented as shit. Mm-hmm. It's a year of the female artist. You choose Dreezy. I mean, what are the expectations? You're not expecting like not no knock to Dreezy or anything, but you're not expecting her to go number one. You're not expecting 100,000 units. You get a little more creativity. You get to be a little bit more hands-on. You get to mold her a little bit more because she's really going to be, like you said, looking for this breakout track, this breakout album. It's the year of the female. So this is the perfect time for that. She's different from City Girl. She's different from Meg. She's different from Cardi, but she can do what they do. And it's very rare that you can get a, a, a female rapper like Dreezy who you say, well, I don't think she's like on the same thing as the city girls them, but like I said, she can also do it and she can do it well because she looks amazing. She carries herself with a, with class and elegance. So I think that the, the very low risk in Hit Boy and taking this on because she's such a great artist, the high reward is gonna be if he can make this sound similar to that Big Sean, to that Benny, if he can make this of that same leg, then he's built them another star. He certified himself, if he hadn't already, as that A-list producer. And now, similar when Polo the Don was popping, you got that person under your belt who you can say, oh, I'll pop them off. Like, yep. it, like yeah, she was popping before, but that, that such and such song that you hear that's me on the track and got such and such feature that been playing everywhere going into the um, winter, yeah, that's me. And now you got another superstar. Like I said, and the, the, the ground is fertile for women to be leading the pack for the rest of this year, going into next year. So it was a brilliant play by Hit Boy to team up with Dreezy. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah, th- this was smart, man. All right, like I, I get to him. Hit Boy cooking with hot grease right now. Like, I don't know how he got into the room with Nas and was able to bang out a whole project. I don't know how that happened. I haven't read up on it. I don't know how he linked up. Well, he's done records with Big Sean before. So I kind of saw that connection. Uh, I've heard the story about how he linked up with Benny. Uh, But he's, man, this is a hell of a run that he's going on this year in a pandemic when we needed it the most. I'm interested to hear this. I'm also interested to see who else he works with in the future. I'm interested to see other people doing the same thing. Like, who else is another another producer that can step out and be like, okay, like, where's Boy Wonder? Like, take Boy Wonder, who went up against Hit Boy in a versus battle. Like, get Boy Wonder in a room with somebody and, and bang out a 14, 15-track full-length project. Like, these ain't EPs. Like, this is what Kanye really wanted to do with good music. <laughs> he just didn't have time, he and he'd just be all over the place. 
Like if, yeah, if he would have gave us like a 14 track pusher or 14 track Big Sean, 14 track Sci High, like Kanye, we'd be looking at Kanye a whole lot differently than what that run ended up being. And so I, I'm I'm hype. I ain't gonna lie. I'm ready for this because Dries, I've been waiting on somebody to get their hands on her. If it's not wow. me, Jesus yeah. Christ, um, Pharrell doing gutter, that, man. Jesus, Pharrell doing that will push the T, right? For, for push the T next one, I think that they that's they the, work That's the rumor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everybody's not able like push the T. Push the T got uh, Kanye on speed dial for the beats and Pharrell on speed dial for the beats. I don't know anybody else, maybe Shouldn't other than Jay. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't that's take this long push. either. Kind of how they push the T. Take a little bit away from Daytona taking this fucking long with another <laughs> one, dude. God damn, drop the CD, bro. It was eight songs two and a half years ago, my nigga. Still talking, bro. Drop the CD. Oh, shit. Nah, but I'm looking forward to that, man. Y'all let us know. Are y'all looking forward to the Dreezy? Do y'all know who we're even talking about? Uh, <laughs> who, if he was to do another A-lister, though, like, could you see a push a T and hip boy? I mean, I, I don't know if Pusha T is well, an A-lister, quote unquote, but you know what I'm saying in terms of skills. That was, that was a pretty low blow. Um, I I don't think it would, I don't want it to be Pusha T because they don't want the Pusha T and Pharrell since we just mentioned that, and they said that they were working on it. Uh, Ross. Ross is not an A-lister, but that probably I don't know. Ross, no, we that, need Justice League and Ross. We, we need I was gonna, if I'm hit boy though, I can't. I ain't giving Ross the sauce though. Like you, what? Like what? How much is that gonna do? Like Ross is fifteen albums in. Like I give a nigga like Hove the sauce if we gonna go like that age bracket. I can't give Ross the sauce. Ross already know how to pick beats anyway though. Yeah, me. like oh yeah, yeah, that too. That's yeah, even yeah. more. Like Ross don't even need that nigga. That's true. Don't Ross need don't need him at all. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know who I would. Cause Kendrick too different. Maybe J Cole. Ooh, him that's, and J that's Cole. That's it. That is that's, that's what needs to happen. That's what him and J Cole need to sit together for whatever. They need to go to 2014 Forest Hills Drive and just camp out and, and come up with a whole album. That would be fire. That's it. That's who needed. All right, man. We get into the topic today, guys. It's the month of Thanksgiving. We are thankful of plenty of shit here at the On Deck TV podcast. We'll be celebrating that all month long. This month, this episode is no exception. We're talking artists that we're thankful for. And not just artists that are presently rapping, but maybe some past. We've got four categories. Let's not waste any time. First one is artists from the past that you are thankful for. Who you got and why? Great category. And um, Thanksgiving, man. Always my favorite birthday month of the year. Shout out to the fans. If y'all need my cash out, man, I'll post it for you guys. <laughs> For my birthday month in November and Thanksgiving, but no, but in all seriousness, man, artists from my past, this one was a toss up for me. The one that I didn't go with just because I don't have as many memorable bars, but I think his influence on what I listened to and how my rap palette started with Scarface. I didn't go with Scarface but I almost went with Scarface. And the only reason that I didn't go with Scarface because around the same time, this guy was a part of a group and was putting out Pocket Full of Stones was the first time I remember hearing Pimp C. And it, it just sounded, it was, I'll say this again for another one of my selections, but the shit was just different being like nine, 10, 11 years old and hearing that because I didn't, I, Rap City and the shit that you've seen, it was different. 
And then when I learned more about Pimp C and how he produced Super Tight, one of my favorite throwback albums, how he produced um, Riding Dirty, reading the documentary and just how he put and came up with his musical style. Like Pimp C is definitely one of the artists from the past that I'm thankful for because I think that he developed how the South should carry themselves. He developed how we should be received on a nationwide scale. Uh, he didn't, he, he held it with him wherever he went. The famous story of him not wanting to do the song with Jay-Z because he felt like it took from their brand, not mm -hmm. wanting to do the big pimping song. I feel like that, 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 that Pimp C is the, the, the forefather of one of the biggest ambassadors of the South and he developed my musical palette to what it is today. So shout out Pimp C, man. He was doing the soul sampling on um, Riding Dirty before Kanye was around. Absolutely, now Pimp C a legend, outspoken Thanks. legend. Um, you, you never had to worry about what was on Pimp C mind because he was going to let you know about you know, it. No Even uh, if he get now put in the trunk. I got, I got, I got put on the Pimp C a little bit later on. I, I respected what he did a little bit more because it lyrically, when he so being next to Bun B is rough for anybody, but Pimp C had a special, uh, a, a special style of his own that. I really had to like listen to and, and just kind of dig deep more into after he had passed away. Um, and to, in order to like really just like respect it like I do now. So uh, 100% shout out to Pimp C, I fuck with him heavy. Um, Who's the artist, artist from, from the, the past that you're thankful for? My artist from the past and I'm hoping that they don't have to be deceased because this person is not deceased, they just don't rap anymore. I've got to go outcast, but more specifically Andre 3000. Uh, we recently did an album review for Aquimini uh, on Patreon not too long ago. And it made me go back into my rabbit hole of outcast music from back in the day. And AT Aliens and Aquimini are probably two of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, they're incredible. They'll never get old. And then if you look at what Andre 3000 did on his one and only quote unquote solo album, he did a lot of singing. And people were turned off about that when it first came out until we let it marinate. And really he was ahead of his time because what he was doing on there, Kanye did on 808s and Drake later uh, perfected um, on his own on what he kind of is known for now. So I think without that, um, you don't get some of the, some of the sound that we are, are doing now. And he was way before his time. Um, a lot of people didn't get it. So I got to give him props for being a trailblazer in that regard and just being all around dope as hell. Think of the think of the remix run that he went on, um, doing his features and shit. Like, dude, it just he's just super nice. You know, we he's always gonna be one of the biggest what ifs because we never got a true hip hop solo album from him. Uh, so that's always kind of been a mystery. But I I think even without that, uh, hip hop hall of fame, obviously Outkast, one of the biggest groups of all time, and they are up for a versus battle. Did you see that? Against who is it? Uh, Tribe, Tribe Called Quest. Quest. I, ain't, I ain't fuck with Tribe Called Quest, so. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I never got into them either. I didn't know they had 20, and don't nobody shoot me over that. I just never got into them. 20's a lot. Uh, I, I, I got put up on their impact from uh, the Netflix show, though. That shit, was, that, mm. we talked about them. It was a good-ass episode that talked about them. I can't remember the name of it, hip-hop shit. Uh, yeah. That was fire. And the I South got something to say, line is a classic, and we and I'm gonna say that until I die. So facts. <laughs> yeah, Andre, Andre is a beast. Uh 
trendsetter fashion wise, I was listening to expeditiously. They were talking about T.I.'s last album, Libra, and he had Young Thug on there. And <laughs> T.I. was trying to compare Young Thug to Andre from a fashion standpoint. Uh, and, and Young Thug really, he, I think he doesn't like Andre, which is really funny. You have to take a listen. Yeah, he don't like But he was on there? Andre? No, Thug was on there. Young Thug like was it. on there. Yeah, he ain't like, he don't seem to care. He, to go off subject for a second, how he put it was um, how he can reach out to Tip and they have a rapport. If he reach out to Andre, he gonna have to talk to an assistant. And Andre gotcha. gonna be sitting right there. Like, nigga, you from Atlanta, nigga. Like, nigga, I'm from Atlanta, nigga. Gotcha. That's, that's essentially how, you know, his young thug is young. So he was like, he, he kind of Hollywood, I believe. That's fair. But T.I. was I, trying to defend him and let him know why he was like that. It was a pretty good conversation. Yeah. But um, the young thug and, and Andre 3000 comparison was wild. You have to hear it. Only on the clothes, people. That's it. Only on the clothes. Uh, next artist that we're thankful for. The next one's. It, the next artist that we're thankful for is an artist whose lyrics have impacted your musical taste. Who you got? Uh, this was an easy call. I gotta go Hove. Man, mm. I got put on, got put on a J, mm, 98, 99. I didn't want to, I was no, probably 99. I didn't want to, I was no limit. Uh, I was want to everything that was hot, cash money, I don't want to hit. Jay-Z, mm -hmm. I don't want to hit. Uh, you know what I'm saying? If it ain't no limit, if one to tank on the back, I didn't want it. Jay-Z finally made me go, okay, now I got to hear what these niggas talking about. Because he was spitting. He has always been spitting. I was watching Fade to Black Saturday. Fade to Black was on HBO right now. Um, and, man, just... First of all, it's a classic document, hip hop documentary. It's a fucking classic. And it's number one. Black album is a classic album. And I wanted to skip the concert scenes and just go to the studio scenes. But he rapping so tough on the concert scenes, I couldn't skip. I had to stand there and I'm rapping word for word. And it's funny because Jay is not animated. He not running around, jumping around like a Travis Scott. His shows are not don't have a bunch of background dancers with neon lights and moving stages and shit. He ain't got none of that. It's just him and the lyrics, dude. And they are clear as day. And me, along with everybody in Madison Square Garden in the Fade to Black documentary was reciting them word for word, dude. And I think uh, when I think lyrics, I think Jay, I think double entendres, triple entendres, but they're, they're complex when you break them down, but they're not too complex to where they lose you on the initial listen. And that's a super hard balance to have. And I think Jay mastered it. Even his book, Decoded, that the book is super dope. I got it in here somewhere. Classic hip hop book. Classic documentary, classic bars for a classic artist. Jay-Z is my, my lyricist that I'm thankful for. I need a decoded book again, man. That shit I'm is gonna, so I want dope. on Amazon for the cheap. You got a birthday present for you guys on deck. It's a decoded book for me. But yeah, that, that was a fire-ass book day. I mean, you can't go wrong choosing Jay-Z there. Like, right. that's 100% understandable. Um, I got put on the, to Jay. I told that story as well. Um, it, it, it was just, uh, for me, the hard knock life, like listening to that, it wasn't nothing that 
I heard in New York, it wasn't like the rest of that grimy New York shit that I couldn't get into, like Wu Tang and and Mar Deep. Yeah. yeah, this was like, oh, okay, I understand what this nigga saying. So yeah, Jay Z one hundred percent. He's gonna come up later on mine, but yeah. this one, uh, I gotta go with Snowman, Jeezy. Usually you don't think of him when you think of lyrics. And here's the reason that he's my selection. Jeezy was the probably the first person that, that expressed the track. Like it wasn't about the lyrics more so. It was about the hustle. It was about the authenticity. I remember the first Jeezy song that I heard was Air Forces. And just the, we went from old school Chevys to drop top Porsches. You couldn't walk a mile in my Air Forces. The whole, I could fit a hundred thousand in these Sean John jeans. Uh, <laughs> all of that stuff, like at the point in time in the life that people were living at that point before that recession came and it was just a different world. But Jeezy was speaking directly to people who were living like that. And that was the first time niggas had made trap music, niggas had referenced drug dealing before, but nobody had actually captured the energy. Nobody had actually articulated it the way that Jeezy was saying it. And for good, from Can't Ban the Snowman, the Trapper Dive to TM101, like it was all Jeezy lingo. It was all Jeezy like hooks and bars and like the little quotes. I'm Donald Trump in a white tee and white ones. Like I could go on for days. It's like when you we watched Friday and did the review on Patreon, like we talked about the quotables. If yep. you start with that I am the street dream mixtape and you go through the trap or down, you go through uh, one-on-one, the way that he was just, the way that he was talking, like you had never heard that shit before. When he says he's the Michael Jackson of his lane, that's 100% true. And he opened up the door for people not to have to be great rappers, not to have to be great lyricists to get their point across. I think that he may not get enough recognition. I wouldn't necessarily say mumble rap, but just... Nah, I wouldn't do them like not, that. Not mumble rap, but the, the rap where, nigga, I ain't got to be Andre 3000 shit. I ain't even got to be T.I., but you're going to get what I'm saying and you're going to love it. Like, I'm going to let the track breathe. I'm going to leave a couple bars off just because the beat banging and just taking that and making it where, like, he said, like, street niggas could consume it and love it. So that's why I take Jeezy for my lyrics. Yeah, I mean, I, I put him in the lane like a scooter, like a Dolph. Like, that's they're off the tree yeah. of, of a Jeezy. Not super lyrical, but clever. You know what I'm saying? Simplistic, but like, but still, you know, it, it's still some substance still there. And, it, it, and, I, and I'm with that. I'm really tripping off this Jeezy rebrand, though. Shout out to my guy, Big Jeff. We was in the chat tripping off this earlier. Jay Jenkins is here. The Jeezy. The Jeezy. He, he added a Jay Jenkins is here. He got a podcast. He got a, a talk show. <laughs> That's nasty. I, the, the recession podcast, bro. The recession. <laughs> Who was his first guest? Was it Gary V? Tony Robbins. Even worse. I think yeah, he had. He had do you want to hear? Do you want to hear Jeezy talk to Tony Robbins? No. Do you think the people that listen to Tony Robbins want to hear him talk to Jeezy? They don't know that. I don't understand this, dude. But th there might be something to this, though, because they're from two ends of the spectrum, dude. So you never, you get two people from two different walks of life in the same room. The conversation might actually be something worth listening to. I just wouldn't have, that Jeezy, wouldn't have been my first suggestion, though. Jeezy has always said that he's a motivational speaker. 
Tony Robbins is the most successful motivational speaker in the history of man. So see, I kind of see it, but I don't know, man. I I guess I'm kind of conflicted on what I expect from Jeezy post rap career. And that's why I'm giving him such a hard time with the talk. That's that's insane. The recession two comes out Friday, guys. He's still rapping. Yeah, I pay for that wedding, man. That's what it is. Like the talk show, the podcast, a new album. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, no, no, it comes out next Friday. I'm sorry. Next That's Friday. A lot. That's a lot. For man's. It is. Um, next category, man. Impact. All right. What rapper are we thankful for because of their impact? This was big. Which one did uh which one did you go with? I may surprise some people here because a lot of the credit that I'm going to give this person is because of the spawns that he created with his style. Um, and I don't really listen to any of those spawns, mm. but I do respect and see what he did. And I would say he passed Pac in his impact is like, you know, I say there's a little bit of Pac in every rapper. True. This person, Lil Wayne, mm. I would say has surpassed that. Like every rapper that, that probably started rapping since since 2010. That's true. Has some sort of Lil Wayne influence from the dreads to the face tattoos to the no shirts to the like just how they carry themselves in interviews and the drug usage. Like Lil Wayne is he he's it. He's it. He's this generation's Tupac for lack of a better example. Like how we felt about Tupac and seeing him all across the worlds and murals and everyone knew him. That is what Little Wayne has been over the last 10 years, regard like from the skateboarding, he got niggas in the skateboarding. Uh, everything that, that he's touched has turned into a phenomenon. So I haven't seen an impact on the level of Little Wayne other than, like I said, Tupac. Yeah, no, nah, I, I ain't mad at that. Um, he's got 60 artists off of his tree like it ain't even close that from the middle. look or the sound or both <laughs> so yeah I, I yeah that no nah, i can respect that um i don't know how people feel about wayne right now i don't know if people still <laughs> i don't know if he's canceled i, I don't I, who knows i don't know if people, people checking for him i hope people forget about well i ain't gonna say i hope people but i think people will forget about this shit probably since the results were in the favor of what Lil Wayne was going against. He'll say, he'll do something to make him forget about it. But just, I, I, I'm thankful for, or excuse me, I'm thankful for how we seen him go from the hot boys, Lil Wayne, to like the favorite little kid in the group to finally growing him to himself when he seen, we seen him start killing the squad mixtapes to the fucking super duper star that we seen him grow into and like not a human being. So that's, that, it's been fascinating to watch as far as a fan. And I just see, I know every time that I'm in a barbershop where I'm having conversations with people maybe 10 years younger than me, like there is no other answer to them. Like who's the best rapper? Like it's Lil yep. Wayne. Like if you say Jay-Z, you crazy. You say anything else other than Lil Wayne, they look at you like you got two heads and you're an old nigga. <laughs> so True. that's Wayne. That's true. Um, if if I've got to go impact, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go Nipsey Hustle. Mm. Um, impact that I'm thankful for. When you pass away after your debut album and people call you a legend, it's because of the impact you had when you were here, flat out, period. Um, I've read books because of him. I have researched different investments because of him. 
And when your impact is that influential outside of the booth, it lives on long after you're gone. Um, you've got rappers who you rock with their music heavy. Then you've got rappers who you rock with their personality outside of the booth. Nipsey was both. The rare combination of both. You just mentioned Lil Wayne. I've always rocked with Lil Wayne music. Never really just been that big of a fan of him outside the booth. Like you really just didn't want to hear what Lil Wayne had to say about anything ever. Um, not even just excluding the, these last couple of days, but just a period. You never were just like, well, I wonder what Wayne is thinking. Nobody cared about that. Nobody get Ja Rule Nipsey. on the phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's what I'm saying. Like Nipsey though, when he spoke outside, he, he spoke shit that real niggas can relate to about grinding, about you know, been making smart business moves and just and just having the how he looks, braids, the background that he had with the whole with the crypts and all this type. But when he spoke though, he spoke to you like a regular person with respect and he spoke business talk. And typically you don't look at books with that cover and think of that type of substance coming out. So I think that was good to get people past the, that image right there and to understand that you can come from that background, but you can still be up on you know, different types of shit and new era, new level shit. He had the STEM facility out there in LA for the science, the tech, the engineering, the math, trying to get the kids on the right path out on that thing. He bought up the block where he was selling, you know, where he used to post up at. He bought that up and turn, it was starting to turn it into a futuristic uh, you know, clothing store. And he had plans going on with that. Like all the, the hotel shit that they was finna buy, like all of this shit that we learned a little bit after the fact is why people hold him in such high regard. I know Wack 100 was like, he's not a legend. Why, we, why would y'all call him a legend? This is why we call him a legend. It's not because he, oh, he passed away, so we gonna gas him up. Like we're, that's what's the best, the best thing about having a podcast, dude, and being, we've been doing this since 2013. We are on record talking about Nipsey Hussle since day one <laughs> of this podcast and how much we fuck with him, not only just the music, but as a person. And so that's super cool. Like I'm picturing him, he probably would have wrote books. Like he probably like it just it, it, it's it's unfortunate. It's it's kind of fucked up when you think about it that his life was cut short. But the impact again, I think, will live on far longer than 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 uh, he was here. So it, I got to go Nipsey with the impact. It's a nice pick. And then 100% still listening to Blue Laces too every day. I think since he's passed. All right, man. the last. What were you about to say? No, no, that was it. I was gonna say the last one we got, man. Discography right. that we thankful for. Who you got? Well, I'm gonna take one of your previous answers, and I'm gonna go uh, with Hove. Mm. And when I think about his discography, I remember the first Hove disc I bought was Volume Two. Hard Knock Life was playing on the radio in Nashville, top nine at nine. Hard Knock Life was maybe number one for four, five weeks, and just the anti flip. And I'm like, okay. And I remember getting it volume two and I'm like, okay, like I ain't really, wasn't really fucking with the New York niggas. This can get it every now and then. And I remember buying the volume three because of course I became a fan. You listen to volume two enough. And just going back over the discography, I can remember where I was at the time of my life when like all the whole albums came out. And I'm talking about from the time I bought volume two, all the way through at least Blueprint 3. Mm -hmm. And though I don't like, I am not crazy about Blueprint 3. 
all of Jay-Z's discography has a, 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 for me at least from even going to 444, it has a, it, it tells a soundtrack of where you are in your life, where you least follow him and where he is in his life and how he's grown and mature. And you almost get to listen to a story if you go back and listen to him from reasonable doubt up to 444 of like just this character that he's created and how he grew into this billionaire that we see now, like what he thought Jay-Z was like the person on Reasonable Doubt and how you telling the stories of being a former D-boy and making the big boy moves. Then listening to 444 and hearing him talking about like not buying the block in Dumbo or investing in art is like almost like a movie that you had to wait 20, 30 years for the end of it. But if you listen to it in succession, you see a true, American, like that, what is a, the, the American dream? Like you see a true American dream from where he started to where he is now. And I don't think that there are a lot of discographies that tell that story. That's a very important story for hip hop as much as we see, like I said, the tragedies like King Von or Tupac's or, or, or Biggie's, it's, it's so refreshing to me to see a discography like Jay-Z's where it tells the story of, I'm gonna get this shit a try, I'm gonna use my own money, me and my homeboys are gonna try to do something. 30 years later, I'm a billionaire, all my homeboys may not still be here with me, I got a beautiful wife, I'm talking about family and black excellence, I'm glad you guys enjoyed the ride. That shit <laughs> is amazing to be able to look at it from that micro perspective. Yeah, no, that's a that's, that's a fact. And if we just want to keep it just quality of music, Jay got what four classics? Maybe At five? Least. Like At it's <laughs> who else can four, say that? He like, got four forty four reasonable doubt blueprint black album. At least. Yeah, see, that's on the that's on the low end. You if you want to throw American Gangster in there, I wouldn't be mad at you. Yeah, that's crazy. So, um, discography. Discography. It's rough, man. But before we get out of here, discography for me that I'm thankful for was a toss up. Oh my God, this is close. I wanted to go six, God. I did, oh but he's God. technically he's only got five albums. So I had to go with my other partner, had to go Kanye to the West. All right, mm. nine albums he's yet to miss. Did you stop me, my beautiful dog, Twisted Fantasy? Nine albums he's yet to miss before or after my beautiful dog, Twisted Fantasy. He's just dropped more than Drake, so I got to go Kanye. His albums are like your kids. You love them all equally. Um, there's not one that's better than the other, <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I, I, like, I, no, I personally like the fact that Kanye takes risks. Um, he, his sound hasn't stayed the same for more than two albums in a row outside of those first three. And those are the ones that a lot of people go back to, like, oh, man, it's the old Kanye, X, Y, Z. I don't necessarily miss the old Kanye musically because I like the direction that he took. And he was able to roll the dice and try new things, and it still work. You do an 808 to heartbreaks, and it may turn some people off at the beginning, including myself. But then you turn around and fast forward, and five years later, everybody sound like it. Um, then you double back and you go, damn, this shit is actually tough. It was before his time. Same thing with Yeezus. I'm a huge fan of Yeezus. And it was Nobody critically acclaimed. Back and said that was dope. I, I knew it was dope when it came out, though. Easy. I, but, but then again, I can understand somebody not liking it, though. I've always said that, though. I can understand somebody not liking Yeezus. I think it's dope. I love Pablo. My beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is probably top five of the decade. I just like the fact that he doesn't stay in one lane. And look, it could piss me off sometimes. 
bro, like, why are you doing this now? Why are you, fuck, man, can't we just <laughs> be consistent, stay in one lane for a couple of projects? But, but then it wouldn't be him. Uh, so I, I like that he's constantly reinventing himself. Some people have tried it and they have failed on their face. Lil Wayne did a rock album that was completely garbage. Uh, a lot of people try to do different genres and blend genres. And it just doesn't work. Uh, Kanye, it's always worked. Even with the compilation album with the, with the good music, that shit is fire. Like everything, in my opinion, that he puts out is gold. Now, I'm not the big, I'm on record also not wanting a gospel album. I said that when we was on here. I was like, no, I don't want that shit. Don't you can keep that, too. yay. It came out and I was like, oh, okay, this isn't a traditional gospel album. This is a Kanye gospel album. I'm fucking with it. So that was tough too. I'm ready for this Donda project if we ever get it. I do wish he'd quit the antics. I think that's throwing salt on his name and it's kind of tarnishing his legacy just a little bit. Uh, I don't still understand why he ran for president. He don't I don't understand why 10,000 people in Tennessee voted for him. I don't understand any of that shit. Uh, but musically, though, don't, don't do him any kind of way. His discography is up there with anybody's in history of, of hip-hop, at least, including Jay. Oh, uh, no, but he does have a great discography. <laughs> An awesome discography. Yeah, if you had stopped at my beautiful dog, Twisted Fantasy. Um, I've still never heard that gospel album. I still, I've, I've not it's banging, it. though. No, it's not. If you listen to Snoop's gospel album, you can listen to this one. I listened to Snoop's gospel album once. I ain't like double back. It ain't in the rotation or nothing. <laughs> I wanted to see what Give it was that Jesus like. is king a try, man. You might like nah, it. I'm, I'm good. I don't even like traditional gospel music. So Me I'm neither. Definitely Which is why you would listening. like this. No. I'm listening to it tonight too. Fuck it. I got to go no, drive somewhere after this. I'm listening to Jesus King. I'm banging it. Windows down. Pray for yourself. I'm gonna pray for you. <laughs> Listen to that, man. Hey, man, y'all do us a favor, man. Go to Facebook in the rap chat or leave us a comment on IG. Let us know the artists you're thankful for past, the artists whose lyrics you're thankful for, the artists whose impact you're thankful for, and the discography, man. Leave a comment. Let us know. Absolutely, man. We would really, really like you guys to do that. I appreciate the text and the calls that we got about the Cub interview and saying it was a good job. Animal Brown and myself would love it if you guys, all of you guys, each one of you people that are hearing my voice in your ears now to start commenting on the pages. Just let us know what you're thinking. Comment on the topic. Let us know what you're thankful for. Comment on one of the conversations, even if it's not on the clip. Just comment, engage with us. Let us know what you're thinking. We would really appreciate that on YouTube, IG, and Facebook. Absolutely, man. We got some wins and some losses. Uh, first W to our hometown of Nashville uh, for a recent NPR editorial titled Hip Hop in Nashville is Making Its Own Way. Shout out to the 615. Absolutely, man. A lot of uh, recognition given in that article, man. I thought it was pretty dope that NPR shed some light. Shout out to 2Ls on the cloud. My girl, uh, the, I don't want to pronounce her name wrong. Our girl D. Shout out to her, getting it in over there. They was talking about Petty. They talked about my guy, uh, Denny Brown. It was a lot of stuff, or a lot of people that they mentioned that you guys should check out. And um, shout out to Nashville, man. Absolutely, man. 615 stand up. Um, W2YG and his FDT track. Fuck Donald Trump was the soundtrack for the weekend, so much so it went up 740% in sales since the election results. That's nuts. 
Absolutely. And expected. I've seen a lot of Twitter posts with people banging it at the red light in front of the Trump supporters. Hilarious. Brilliant move by YG still. That this is the this is the new version of Jeezy. My president is black. That's what Absolutely. that's what this is what this is for Trump leaving. As to that was oh, Barack God, Trump. Absolutely, that's uh, spot on. That's a good pick right there. W two Biggie Smalls man, notorious Big is the latest rapper to be inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The first, of course, was Pac. Now he's got company, man. Big. The big look, I like it, man. Until we get that hip hop hall of fame rolling, uh, they will continue, you know, showing love over at the rock hall of fame. So it's a, a, a good look. Would you go to that ceremony if Biggie was being inducted? No COVID and shit. Yeah, sure. I ain't never been there. Why not? Fuck it, I'll yeah. go. Where is that in Cleveland or some shit like that? Yeah, Ohio, somewhere. Hey, we, we gotta push the button on that hip hop hall of fame. Nobody's talking about it. Like, what I don't know what's a going on. A nigga trying to steal our idea, man. A nigga trying to steal our idea. I was looking Ooh. the other day. It's up in New York. A nigga trying to come up with it. I can't Too think late. of his name. Man, nah, fam, we already did that, fam. Don't worry about it. Abs- it's somebody absolutely working on it. I gotta send you that link. That's crazy as fuck. Yeah. Um also we got a bonus. In case you were wondering. Mm. Where North Carolina rapper Petey Pablo was at? Everybody wanted to know. Of course you did. Right? He just released a trailer for a new show called Haunted. It shows Pablo conducting a paranormal investigation at a haunted house in North Carolina. Will you be watching? Absolutely not. And my question to you is this. How in the fuck did the producers come up with Petey Pablo's name? For this, they 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 like, in who can... They're in Greensboro, North Carolina, so it ain't too many people that you could probably choose from to get Man. a face to get people talking. Petey Pablo didn't have nothing to do. There's so many names before, like all of the North Carolina basketball players from the college, football <laughs> players, all of the Panthers, like the the, the <laughs> punter. Like, it was so many people that I would have called to do this before Petey Pablo, but I guess they turned it down too. Yeah, would you check this out? You like the paranormal shit. You looking at this? No, I can't stand paranormal. Ghost shit and paranormal shit is some slaughter me. Movies, TV shows. Oh, I'm a psychic and I can talk to go. No. You don't oh, believe no. in that shit? Nah, I don't. Really? No. That's wild. Absolutely not. Um. On Decker of the Week, we don't have an On Decker of the Week. Instead, we're going to pay some more respects. Bad week for losing people. Uh, condolences to the baby. He lost his brother to suicide. Yeah, man, we uh, went in on him for getting the, the cops coming over to his house. Like, true. that shit came out like a two hours later. I kind of felt bad for him, man. Well, I kind of yeah. felt bad about that. He deleted all his shit on Instagram. Um, his he brother, had mentioned it. Yeah. His, you say, well, he didn't? Well, no, you remember in the song, he was talking about how his brother was depressed because they act, he said his brother, my brother act like we don't love him. He don't know I give up all this shit for him. He showed On the up. intro song, uh, the baby, that last album, the album before the last one. That's true. That's and wild. and the, his brother left a comment, or he, he did an Instagram video or Facebook video like shortly before, and it was just real cryptic. It was strange, man. I was like, damn. So, yeah, he said he ain't want to be here no more. That's, that's, rough, that's deep. Um, I wonder, dude, somebody like Waka Flock will reach out doing that, because you know that happened to his brother. His brother yeah. killed himself. That's yeah. wild. 
that's 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 a wild thing to contemplate. Yeah, yeah, you're dealing man. with that success, nigga, and somebody like I feel like they not getting attention, and that 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 sucks. Yeah, it's tough. Um, also, condolences to uh, Jeopardy host man Alex Trebek. He passed away, man. That's one of my favorite game shows of all time. I'm a uh, beat Jeopardy. That's some slaw too. Yeah, that is some slaw, man. Um, I'm I'm anxious to see who they're gonna replace him with. I watch Jeopardy almost every day. Yeah, man. Listen, I think they're gonna go with your boy. Um, that went mm-hmm. on that win streak. Oh, the Ken dude. Yeah, Ken Jennings. I think they're gonna go with him. Really? So. I'd be shocked. He ain't good. Nah, like holding they hired, they hired him as a um they hired him as a uh consultant and brand ambassador but about three months ago. And a lot really? of people thought that they were grooming him for this job when they did that. So that's yes. why I think they're gonna go with. I'd go with celebrity, dude. Like I'd go with someone who's famous now, like a mellow tone. Like Dan Patrick was in the running for it. You know, I fuck with Dan mm. Patrick Henry, and he did sports jeopardy, but he said he couldn't do it every day. But I, yeah. I want to see who they're going to pick. Condolences to Alice Trebek. Um, I'm a beast at Jeopardy. Yeah. I remember when I used to watch it, I used to get about three of them per round. I'm up to an easy 10 to 12 every time it come on. <laughs> easy. Not double Jeopardy. He ain't getting 10 to 12 in double Jeopardy. That's true. I'm, about, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hard five to seven. Second round person, five <laughs> to seven. The first round, I'm getting you a solid 10 to 12 ounces though. Have you ever got the final Jeopardy? Never. Well, once I did get it once, it was like basketball. It was some real basic though. And nobody I got it. Got one it. time. It'd be tripping me out when it'd be something super basic and nobody gets it, but it, that never <laughs> happens in Super Jeopardy though. I mean, in the last round. I got I mean, it I'm one a big time. Jeopardy fan. They should do a hip hop Jeopardy. I would, I would fire. I wouldn't would fucking fire. miss. I would be on there. Let me let me host it. Actually, hip hop <laughs> Jeopardy. That would be fine. No. What uh? What you got to put us on? Uh, we're going to HBO, guys. Brand new show, little mini series right now. It's called The Undoing. Nicole Kidman, Hugh. Uh, what's what's the guy's name? Hugh. Hugh Jackman, ain't it? Nah, nah, that's nah, that's Wolverine. Oh, sure is. Uh, oh fuck, I forgot dude's name. I almost said Hugh Hefner. Anyway. The white guy named Hugh with the accent. I forgot his name. Anyway, fuck all you that. Remember, the undo- you remember the girl he got caught with when we were young? Ava Brown? Back in the day, yeah. You I remember her? <laughs> I, I remember the mugshot. Tough. That's funny That's as fuck. funny. Um, the Undoing is fire. It's in the same vein of Big Little Eyes. Kind of that same rich white people, murder involved, top 1% type shit. If you're into that, check it out. It's fire, three episodes deep. All Hugh three Grant. have been cooking. Yeah, Hugh Grant. That ending on the third one was fucking amazing. Well, actually, the last two endings were fucking amazing. That's a fact. Hugh Grant. Yeah, you're right. That's yeah. it. Big ending. You got um, when you When you go to the gym, do you do a sauna? Because it's on. I've only, I, you know what? That's funny. I've only done that when I go to like, when I went to Nashville. Shout out to Jazz, yeah. shout out to Wash. They gas me to go into the sauna. And then I was fucking with it. Fam, they got the mobile saunas. Ordering off Amazon. Like you sit in your house, like it's got like the little cube you sit in. Fire! I've been the using it all sauna? weekend. Absolutely, my nigga. I will send you the link. Highly recommend it. You feel great. It's good for blood pressure. Good for all. Getting your sweat out without having to go run or anything. 
That shit is fire. You can sit there and listen to a podcast for 20 minutes to get you a good sweat with mobile sauna on Amazon. That shit is highly recommended. You, you do it inside the house? Do it in the house. It's steam the water. They come with a little thing. You stick it in a little like bag thing. You sit in there, steam up. You put the timer on like 20 minutes. Give you a great sweat. Get those toxins and shit out of you. That shit fire, nigga. Damn, I need one of them. Fire. Highly recommended. I'll send you the link for it. I, I didn't know that was a thing. Week. I'm not bullshit. I didn't either. I, I didn't either. My girl got it and she was using it. Hard. I decided to hop in it, nigga. I've, I've used it three times since Saturday. 20 minutes of that. It's fine. That's hard. Tough. Uh, that might be your best put on in the history of life. <clears throat> I always got to yeah, um, hey man, guys, do us a favor youtube.com slash realville. Make sure you subscribe. We're on a road to a thousand. We'll do a giveaway of some sort. We'll do a big boy giveaway, man, when we get to that. I don't know what it is, but we'll do some. Um, YouTube, um, excuse me, patreon.com slash realville. The link is in the bio. Reviews every month. We also got new tiers if you're into sports, fashion, and movies. We did uh, Friday and next Friday is about to drop on there too. Fucking hilarious. I had a good time doing that one. Uh, so make sure y'all check out patreon.com and make sure you support the real for sure. Thanks, man. We appreciate you guys joining. And this is like you said, as always, support the real and we out. Holla.